This episode is sponsored by Hulu. The reality queen herself, Lisa Vanderpump, has a new home on Hulu and has teamed up with them to bring you the newest, most exciting reality series yet, Vanderpump Villa. In an escape to the French countryside, Lisa and her staff work, live, and play together 24-7 while dealing with rivalry, romance, and misadventures. The series offers first-class luxury with world-class drama. Watch new episodes of Vanderpump Villa every Monday, now on Hulu. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to an emergency episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your host, Bethany Frankel. No, it's me, Ryan. Uh, First off, uh, why we're coming to you with an emergency episode is that uh, I was awoken from a somewhat peaceful slumber this morning to the news, (laughs) to the news that Bethany Frankel uh, remember, we call her Bethany Frankel on this. She's she's just a Frankel. She's like a barnacle. I'm a I'm a Frankel. No, Bethany Frankel uh, got her dream interview, uh, trying to fill up the holes that are deep within her soul uh, with Rachel Levis, um, formerly the artist formerly known as Raquel Levis, which we'll get into. She explains the the going back to the Rachel thing while doing inner child therapy work, which is amazing. 
Uh, so many thoughts and feelings that are going through my head. So yeah, I wake up around nine and I look at it's, you know, each day is a struggle on like when to pick up my phone and it, usually within the first 10 seconds. And it's usually a bad move. And, but today I picked up the phone and it was even a worse move because I started, I just got all of these texts that made no sense to me of like, well, here's the real deal about Tom and Ariana. And I'm like, what the, f I couldn't have even, my mind was just not in that place. And I think I have given myself some sort of brain damage by being this involved in all of these shows where I was so confused. And then I was like, what? And then I, then I went to Instagram and I found out that uh, Bethany had gotten the interview with Raquel. Now, I want to start off uh, one of the big questions everybody has. This is part one, because, of course, Bethany is a master marketer, you guys. She will remind you every step of the way that she knows how the PR business works. And in that sense, sure, she's now made this a three-part interview. The first part will be today, second part on Thursday, and the third part on Friday. Now, why do that? If you are so anxious to get us out the truth, Bethany, why why split it into three? Why split it into three podcasts? Why not just make it the one? Because you can put ads on these, right? Because it extends the period of um, hyper-focusing on Bethany Frankel. And at the end of the day, that is my issue. A lot of people still have such goodwill for Bethany. And I do have a lot of goodwill and a lot of the charity work she does. And I think she was an iconic housewife for so many years and gave us so many great moments. And it's very interesting to see um, her really tell us how she really felt through all of this. Uh, she takes the bait every time and she will let us know she is a self-made woman. She appreciates the opportunity, but it would have been she would have she would have been successful no matter where she landed, which is, you know, great. If that's what you want to think, if that's what you tell yourself to get through the day. Amazing. But the truth of the matter is we will never know if that's true. The, this is how life has played out in this multiverse, is that Bethany was successful after she was able to promote the Skinny Girl brand on these Housewives shows. Of course, Bethany is the engine that drove that. Of course. But it's like anything. It's like it's like music producers. It's like music. You know, it's like, OK, great. You made this amazing album. How do we get it out to the people? How do you get it out to the people? And Bravo is that way to get your message out. Or at least it used to be, who knows where we're headed now. Because as I've said from the beginning of this, with Bethany's reality reckoning mission, it seems more of a scorched earth policy than let's actually try to work on this and see where we can come up with better ways to treat mental health, uh, potential residuals, if there are any to be had, like we've talked about with streaming. Streaming is really such a wild west right now in how even these conglomerates are making money off of it. And believe me, they are making money. But it is interesting is that some shows do better than others. Regardless, that's not what we're talking about today. I think there's such an interesting conversation to be had. And in fact, let me be a Bethany Frankel and promote, promote one of my shows because uh, you'll be hearing tomorrow uh, two of the contestants on the show Love is Blind on Netflix. They started an organization called You Can, which actually um, really steps up and puts mental health services to reality show uh, players. And it's just a fascinating conversation that I had last week that I can't wait to share it with. And um, I, I think you're going to you're going to be very enlightened. So I think that's very interesting because Bethany's not the only person that's been trying to do something in this space. It's just that Bethany is taking up all of the oxygen for this space. Now, this Raquel interview, what a huge get, you think, right? What a huge get. And I will say to me, 
in retrospect, I actually now enjoy the Howie Mandel interview with Tom Sandoval more than I do with this. But I will say there are similarities with both interviews. Howie Mandel started off his show of like, I don't watch the show. I don't know. You seem like a nice guy. I met you at Jason's wedding. It was great. Can I shave your mustache? And I will say it was very brave of Bethany to shave Raquel's mustache at the very end of this episode. I thought I didn't see it coming. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> Bethany's like, let's get all the hairs. You do me now, Raquel. Shave my beard. Um, but, but But this is what's so funny. This is what I just don't get about these people. It's like, girl, Bethany, you see that there's attention being gotten. You run to it. But why can't we have anybody be bothered without watching just to watch the effing show? Bethany, she goes, I, I you know, I, I started hearing about it around the reunion time. And I I tuned in because I heard that uh, attention was being gotten somewhere without my name attached to it. And I had to ju- like, girl, go back and watch. I mean, listen, even Michael Rappaport, who now consists like, you know, I'm a huge Vanderpump Rules fan, he says now, he went, he's going back and watching these episodes. Can somebody that is wanting to actually be the voice of these things actually watch the fucking show? Sorry to be so foul so early, but watch the fucking show. Like, watch the show. If you're going to talk about something, you literally undercut everything that we hear on this by not watching the show. I just don't understand it. You know, Bethany considers herself like Dan Rather or Walter Cronkite, when in reality, I mean, it's, I'm trying to think of who I would compare it, like who I would compare a Bethany Frankel interview to. It's somebody that just so desperately wants to be taken seriously, but I almost would trust her more um, reviewing Korean face masks at a dollar store. Like that's that's where I'm like, ah, I trust her. I trust her with these face masks. She wouldn't steer me wrong with this. But when it comes to this, it's hard because as the interviewer or, or as the listener, you take into account everything that the, you know, the interviewer shouldn't be the focus of it. You shouldn't be thinking about the manipulations and uh, the motivations of the interviewer. It should highlight this person, but already going in we're at this power imbalance, which by the way, Rachel Raquel, I mean, once again, is following, falling right into these old patterns of power imbalances. I mean, she makes the argument or we can make the argument of saying that she has just always looked to stronger, more powerful people, most of the time men, whether it be DJ James Kennedy or Tom Sandoval. But here we are in the same position of relying on somebody else to go along with, you know, like ah, my mom saw you and TikTok and you are a real big player, which shout out to Rachel's voice. I listened to this at speed and a half. So it seemed very a good, solid voice. And then I slowed it down and her, she was on her voice. It wasn't nearly as shaky, but I, there's so many thoughts, you guys. I'm so sorry that this might be a little long as all of mine are, but I just have so many thoughts that I want to share with you. Uh, I, I do want to point out too, that I have the full transcript of this podcast in front of me. I also have one of my favorite accounts, Vanderpod recaps. She uh, I've looked at her notes as well. So we'll go through a blending of all of these things. Plus my own um, interspersed thoughts as well. Um, and I, it just, what, what pisses me off is that I had stuff to do today. Like I like why, you know, this, this, you got to be ready to go at a moment's notice. And it, like, we're going to have two more of these. I, I, it was one of those things. I don't know if you guys listened to it, but if you did, you're like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't even know. I get it. There were like two or three moments where I was like, oh, that's interesting, but not enough. 
It goes with what I was saying, you guys, and I know a lot of you pushed back against me, is that we did not need Rachel Raquel for this next season of Vanderpump. And it doesn't look like we'll get her. She says she is not going to be on this season, but we don't need her. Every time I hear Rachel speak, and this is not, I mean, this sounds like a slam, but it's not, is that she's not entertaining. Even her explaining her views, her side of the story, it's not dynamic. Some people got it. Some people don't. Her actions were dynamic and horrible. But when she speaks about it, it's like, I have to fight. It's like, it's, 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 it's audio melatonin to me. I wasn't hanging on every word. Now I do also have some people that have reached out to me since they were like, bullshit. She definitely has hung out with Ariana away from Tom bullshit. Like, so there's already some real weird inconsistencies in Rachel's story, but fine. Let people, people lie to themselves all the time to get through the day, whatever. But I also have to, uh, to, to think about the motivations for this, right? We know Bethany's motivation, attention, attention. At the end of the day, she's going to mask that attention in. I'm trying to help all reality star, uh, reality stars get better deals. We need to profit off, off off these things, right? We need better deals. That's what she's saying. But at the end of the day, it's attention. And I know some of you guys will fight me on that, but I don't know how many times that you can see Bethany do these with causes and not get that at this point. Like we all have to live in somewhat, if you're talking about living in reality, let's live in that reality. Let's literally look at that and just accept that. If you accept it, then you kind of realize where this passion, where this drive comes from. Because Bethany did not have the same drive or passion for reality star contracts when she was on reality shows or even when she started her own reality shows. And also, I don't trust Bethany. I think she's been caught in so many lies. I think we've all rooted for her at many times in her life. And this is at a time where I'm not necessarily rooting for her, but I do root for certain aspects of this issue, but not because of Bethany, but because of my own views on these issues that I've had before Bethany Frankel pointed them out. I mean, these things have been talked about for a while, but also Rachel says in this, and we'll get to this is, um, you know, these shows being performance-based is the, you get paid more the next year if you have a good season. And my thing is like, yo, all jobs are performance-based. They all are. They all are. But if you're going to tell me that you cheated with Tom or even insinuate that those are possibilities, I call bullshit on it right out of the gate. You hid a seven-month affair not only from Ariana, but from the show itself. So don't give me this bullshit of like performance-based. You didn't want this to come out. Tom didn't want this to come out. Live in the fucking real world. If we are going to live in the real world, please. I know I, we love to Monday morning quarterback. We love to rewrite reality. We love to rewrite those little events that happened. But this is what happened. Now, in retrospect, you can say, um, you know, th this show leads you to a certain way of thinking. And I would buy that. Like, yeah, you, you know, you people are at their worst behavior. This show is full of monsters. A lot of reality shows are full of monsters. Life is full of a lot of monsters. And it might say like, oh, you know, you might say like this show encourages you. Probably. Yeah. Have you seen the show? A lot of bad behavior on the show. But I do not really, uh, I, I think that is a very, very weak explanation of something that you know full well 
what you were doing and who you were hiding it from. Um, so I don't have a lot of sympathy, but uh, with Bethany's overall thing, I think this interview shows, if anything, it clouds her overall issue. And I think I wonder in retrospect if Bethany, and I don't think she is because I think she's getting the attention she wants, but I would say that this has weakened any thoughts I have because it's now it just feels tawdry. Now it just feels like, oh, you just want like kind of like a more intense watch what happens live vibe. Like you want you want to really interview these people about the reality of the reality. I almost feel like Bethany is kind of even stumbling around of like, what do I actually want? What is it? What is this? Because you know, this Rachel stuff. And, and, and the thing is Rachel lets us know she's not going to come back from Vanderpump rules, right? She's not going to come back to it. Amazing. Do the work on yourself, girl. You went and checked in with yourself and listened to your soul. Love it. Love it. Love it. But you think it's a smart idea to do a three part podcast with Bethany Frankel. You think that's the, that's the Avenue. You think that would be the avenue to go? You think that's the classy way? That's the I'm taking back my narrative moment with Bethany Frankel? Like, to me, that is wild. You couldn't do like a Vanity Fair interview without Bethany there. You had Bethany leading that conversation, telling you how to feel in some instances, telling you how you were wrong. It's the same bullshit of somebody leading your narrative. Of so now you have to align yourself with Bethany and now you are responsible for her. Like you said, you felt responsible for Tom. You know, he was one of your only friends and you felt like you had, you owed something to Tom. Now you owe something with Bethany. So enjoy those, your strange bedfellows, enjoy it. Uh, just go away. Like, I mean, I don't know how, I, I, I gave her a lot of credit when I heard that she wasn't going to come back to Vanderpump Rules because I thought mentally what that what a strong move that is for your mental health. I don't know where these therapists or wherever she went said, you know what? It is a good idea to go on Bethany Frankel's podcast. It's the same beast, if not worse. And you're going to get less from it. You are going to get less from it. And Bethany, I'm sure, because we're all going to make noise about it at this point. Bethany, you better be paying Raquel. You better be paying her for each one of these. Each one of these, you better be paying her for the YouTube video. You better be paying her and you better be paying her well. Because you know you're stuck in this now. You know you're stuck in this. So you got to pay her just so you can put the press release out that you paid her. I can already see it being written. Of course I paid her. I took nothing. I'm in it for the cause. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's just a quick 15 minute intro. How are you guys? Are you good? I didn't like, listen, I, I'm pissed that I have to talk about this. I'm pissed. It's like the Godfather part three. Like I tried to get out and they pulled me back in. Do you think Tom Sandoval's like, dude, my Howie appearance was so much better than this dude. Like you think Bethany, the, Hey, do you think Bethany would want to talk to me? Also, there was one of the funniest, I laughed out loud. One of the funniest parts of this podcast was Raquel Rachel says with a straight face or what seemed like it, she said it was after Tom Sandoval's hit single came out that he performed with his band. She literally wrote his, she said his hit single. Tom's like, that's right. It's a hit. Where was it a hit? Like a hit at Tom Tom? It was like, where, where was, where was Tom Sandoval's hit single a hit? Like, is it called hit single that wait, Maybe that's what it is. Is it the song called hit single? Cause that would actually make way more sense. Oh my God, you guys, you know what? And like, I do feel, you know, I will always, mm. I think Raquel's not made for TV. And I think a lot of us, and she says this in here about wanting to feel special as a child. That's a very powerful feeling. We all want that. I want that. That's why I'm probably screaming into a microphone, right? We all want something to let us know that we're special or beautiful or all this shit. But sometimes 
we're special at certain things and not at the other. I just don't think she's this dynamic reality show character that she wanted to be at a certain things because Raquel Rachel seems like a person that has idolized everybody but her own self in her life. You know, like she's idolized. She says she had a DJ phase. She would go up and try to be in the booth with the DJ. It's like, we all know people like that. We all, she's one of those people. She always looked to attach herself to a brighter light than she knew that she wasn't. That's what it is. She knew she wasn't, or she felt she wasn't the bright light. So she would always try to attach her to the brightest light. And if their light could shine on me, maybe I actually will start feeling like I'm valid. When in reality, that's complete bullshit. We know that. And hopefully in her two months at a Tucson therapist office, we'll have taught her that you the light comes from within. Find that light without trying to attach it to anything else. And that's where I feel like this is so disingenuous from Bethany Frankel's point because it's like almost selling her this like i'll shine your light on you my pretty all i need from you is to try to get me an interview in vanity fair you know it's it just makes me it makes me sad all over again so we start the show with uh bethany immediately writing it hi hi first thing i have to ask is how are you and raquel's like i'm okay i know <laughs> she, she's like it's very guys it's very it's very thought out. It's very like spoken. Like she is like, she has been prepped, not prepped by Bethany, but she is prepped. It, it feels very, um, you know, uh, Miss California is a very beauty pageant canned responses. Like I'm hanging in there. It's been a whirlwind. It's been chaos, but I've taken some time to myself to reflect and try to understand my actions in this essay, in this essay, I will know to understand my actions. And I finally have come to a place where it makes sense to me. And Bethany goes, wow. So quieting all the, the noise going away, disconnecting really gave you, and it, you know, it, it, it really helped. It gave you clarity. And she's like, yeah, part of the reason why I wanted to take some time away, just because it was so chaotic and loud and there was such vitriol online. But then the other part of the reason why I wanted to go to a treatment facility was to understand my behaviors. And my goal was to really get down to the bottom of, okay, why am I choosing men that are unavailable? Why do I keep finding myself in unhealthy relationships? What are the things that I need to do to change about my behavior? And in knowing that I needed to make a change, I first had to know what it was that leads to those behaviors. Great. Amazing, right? Good. Yes, girl. Yes. Yes, queen. Yes, of course. Why do you keep attaching yourself to unavailable men? Which then actually goes to the point, though, Tom was presenting and you actually bring up later that he wasn't unavailable, that him and Ariana were a sham, that it was a relationship out of necessity for brand deals. So Raquel, in a sense, he was not unavailable in your mind or he was not being painted as unavailable by himself to you. So this, you know, maybe in retro, I don't know, but these are great questions that I'm sure we get answered in the second or the third part of this stunning interview by Bethany Frankel. So Bethany's like, so this place of wounding, um, I call, um, like whatever thing in your life, it just holds you back. So how did we get here from your perspective? And then this is what Beth, Bethany goes, because I never, I've never watched Vanderpump Rules until I took interest in you. I saw clips online and in the back of my head had an opinion about what was going on and it seemed disproportionate to me. I was watching clips on social media and hearing about this scan of all, it had a name and was being marketed and was being pumped through the PR machine. And I did say to everyone, I said, I think I made one comment about it saying, everybody's going to be more well-known than they were before because of this. And my mind was, 
they're on a reality show. It's set in a bar was what I think it's fueled by alcohol and partying and multiple, multiple affairs. So what respectively, what the hell is the big deal that everyone's talking about? Like I didn't watch. I just saw online being like, why is this so gigantic? Like the guy, the girl wasn't married. The couple wasn't married. No one had kids. Like, so what was just in the back of my mind? Not, not knowing you, not knowing the show. And I started to talk about this reality reckoning and this concept that I don't ever get enough attention. No. And this concept that was just an off the cuff thing. And I said about the exploitation without compensation. And I said, your name, just as an example of what I imagine to be somebody who has been and exploited for the rest of your life. That content will be out there without compensation. And that was like where I left that. And that's so <laughs> see that's Bethany. Nice little throw in comment. So, you know, first off, Bethany presents us with the, I only took interest when I saw you <laughs> girl, you ain't a fucking fan. Get the fuck out of here. If you fucking saw Raquel and then like, that was like, Oh, she's fascinating. The rest of this is junk. Good for you, Bethany. Good for you. I would love, no, I would not love to live in your world, but what a mind, what a true mind. But this is also that same bullshit. And Bethany was great because Bethany is that kind of, you know, when you're in debate club in high school and you would have to argue uh, either for or against an argument, Bethany could do both sides of this argument. You know, like if she got Ariana, you'd hear her, listen, you were like common law married. You had animals. You had a house. People disrespect the people that aren't, they, because they don't have the certificate. They don't get respected and you deserve respect, Ariana. That's the great thing about Bethany is she would be able to argue both size and you fucking know it you know it i'm sorry i'm getting heated but you know she would you know she has that argument ready to go bethany is in high school debate prep she's the best high school debater that you've ever met in your life she'd probably lose focus in college because she would find something else to get involved in but in high school there would have been no better debater she'd be a master debater you guys um but it is this bullshit that she throws in there of like, you guys were married. They weren't married. So remember, you guys, remember, according to the general population, if you do not have that ring on the finger, cheating's okay. It is. No, guys, it don't argue. Bethany says it is. It's not you. Just, if you don't have that ring on the finger, it is okay to cheat. It is not a big deal. It's not a big deal, you guys. And, uh, I just love though. Also, she tells on herself, Bethany tells on herself, like, so she doesn't watch the show, but she watched clips on social media and she was hearing about this scandal that had a name. And then once Bethany's like, once it got named, I really perked up because I was like, oh my God, the PR machine. And you know me, I'm the best in PR there ever was. Oh my God. I would love Bethany to be like a WWE wrestler. The Frankel. I am the Frankel. Um, but I just, I, I, I always just tune out when somebody's like, uh, I watch clips. I'm like, okay, well, I would actually listen. I'd prefer to listen to somebody that's actually watched the show. And then we'll get into it from there. Because there's a really good possibility of, uh, you know, if Bethany had watched the show of like, Raquel, I, I noticed you're not a real uh, dynamic character. I noticed, um, I noticed you seem very confused and lost. Did you figure that out in therapy? And am I actually hurting your healing process by begging you to do this? And also, once again, it seems like Raquel's parents are now the one in the driver's seat. So it's like, girl, are you going to ever like lead your own life at any point? I mean, like, honestly, that's not even uh, it's like it, it's once again, it, it just seems like if you're saying these are your issues, you're falling into these same patterns of other people telling you what is right to do for you, whether it be James, Tom, Bethany Frankel or your parents. I still have not seen one. And I think the deal is. 
and this is my sneaking suspicion is that, yeah, she's not going to do Vanderpump rules, but Raquel still wants to be famous. You guys, she's realized she still likes attention. And at the end of the day, that's the deal, right? That's the deal. It's not like now I want to go live a quiet life. No, I still want to be out there. I still want brand deals. I guess I just can't do it on Vanderpump Rules. I realize that now, but I could be on something else. I could do something else. I have value. And it's like, girl, you have value in your own life, trying to figure out who the fuck you are. That's where your value is. Your value, I'm telling you, isn't going to ever come from this. And if you ever found another show that would take you and that you were successful on, you would actually wind up more like Bethany Frankel down the line, which I would be like, this is the ghost of Christmas future for you right here, Raquel. She's sitting right across from you with the, the, I'm not going to say it. Okay. Anyways. So um, then Raquel is like, uh, you know, and then your representative reached out. Oh no. So Bethany's saying her representative reached out to her. So it was like, that's my perspective. So Raquel's, representative reached out to Bethany and Bethany was like, interesting. Ooh, do I have an opinion on this? I think I do. I think it'll be pro Raquel so I can talk to her. <laughs> um, and Bethany wanted to know what her side was. And then Raquel's like, it's so nice to have you validate that experience because for a moment I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> Imagine Bethany Frankel being the one to validate your experience. I wouldn't even have her validate my parking ticket. Are you kidding me? And then Raquel's like, and it's true. Reality TV is, it is edited. Holy shit. Call the, stop the presses. You're telling me these shows are edited. It's contrived. Sorry. It's contrived to create a certain storyline. And so it's not all factual. So as a viewer tuning in, it's easy to get wrapped up in that. And then the concept of an affair hits home. It, um, it's really hard to a lot of people. So I think there was a lot of projection happening. A lot of emotions that came up for people. And unfortunately I was the punching bag for a lot of that. I do want to take a moment though to, I do want to take a moment to just acknowledge the hurt that I brought to a lot of people. Okay. Let's get back into the uh, canned responses. I was not careful in my actions and I was not thinking long-term. I was completely wrapped up in heartbreak and wanting to get certain needs met. Looking back now, I can see that I was still healing from a relationship from somebody who I thought I was going to marry. And it's in ending that I still haven't healed yet. So when I was filming, I was drinking a lot to ease that anxiety. And in a reality TV environment, I wasn't getting the safe space for me to express my emotions in a healthy way. Okay. So let's take down this bit of information as well. Yes. Reality shows are edited. Huge. Amazing. Storylines. Yes. Huge. Amazing. It's not all factual. Okay. Um, the thing that's interesting about this though, guys, is um, remember, <laughs> I hate to keep pointing this out, this wasn't the storyline. This was not the projected storyline on this. So um, great in retrospect, but remember the camera crews and the show had to catch up to this cheating storyline. You almost got busted a couple of times, but everything was kept mainly in the bottle. Um, and remember also with reality shows, these people do not film every day. This is not a 24-7 documentary style. This is shoots that they, they, they set up times where they have crews scheduled, blah, blah, blah. They come in for the couple of hours, they film their scenes, they get what they need, and then they're done for the day or they go to another location to shoot another scene. Um, so she was a punching bag for a lot of things and is still going to be a punching bag now. I mean, I literally thought I my anger was like kind of 
slowly going away. And now I'm right back at that space of being very angry at this. And I, I think I said this on a podcast, maybe with Kay and Aaron, the um, Bravo We're Black podcast. I don't remember where I say anything these days, but I was saying like, listen, everybody, this whole like, oh, Raquel, you know, sympathy, blah, blah, blah. Like, listen, I knew these people a little bit. I'm still pissed. I think she did a fucking horrific thing on top of Tom did an even more horrific thing. I'm still angry. I'm not even angry just from a show aspect. I'm angry from like knowing these people. I'm pissed at that. There was something really fucking stupid shit that both of these people did that I think was disgusting. Also, can we really look back four months after the fact or three months? When did this happen? We found out on March 1st, I believe, uh, was when this all came out. And what what month are we in now? We're in August, March, April, May, June, July. I don't know, four or five months. Can you have the right perspective you need at this point if you thought you were in love somebody, love with somebody? I think it'll be interesting to hear Raquel's perspective a year from now and a year from now. <laughs> Bethany's like, great, let's sign her up to be on the pod a year from now. I think her perspective will continually change like a lot of our perspectives change. I mean, I will say in her defense, you can't truly speak um, intelligently about something that happened this big in your life on top of the public being a part of it for a great long while. So I think that is very uh, interesting as well. But she was a punching bag for a very certain reason. Like it was a very specific reason why she was a punching bag. It wasn't like she got the flack for something she wasn't a part of. She was a very, very much a part of this. So that is something that we do have to take into account is that she did in certain ways make her bed. It's just that nobody would think that this would have caught on in the scandal sort of sense and become like a you know, a pop culture watermark benchmark event. Um, she also says when she was filming, she was a drinking a lot to ease the anxiety. I will say, I would speculate that also she was probably doing other things, substances. And I would also speculate that she was doing this when they weren't filming. I would also speculate that she was a mess in terms of potentially drugs and alcohol away from the show. Maybe be, you're going to say that's because of the show, but I would also then query. I would also then query and, and potentially put out there: Are we blaming the show when we should actually be more talking about maybe the stress of a seven month hidden relationship amped up all of that behavior and hiding it from the show could have played a part of it? It's not just the show. That's my whole point. It's that all of these things. Because she was in a seven-month affair that wasn't being talked about on the show. And could that potentially lead you down to more destructive paths of behavior? And also, you know, feeding into your own bullshit, thinking that all of a sudden you're the shit, feeling yourself, feeling like, oh, people like me all of a sudden on social media, I'm getting brand deals, all of that stuff. But these are all after effects of the show. These are all things aside from the show. Um so she wants to acknowledge her, blah, 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 blah. Great. Um, so Bethany goes, it's funny because I often say the game is moving too fast. And people say to me, to you, didn't you sign up for this? And we're going to get into that. But it's very difficult for everyone, including even someone close to it, like and Andy Cohen to understand what it is like to be on a reality show. It seems like a great idea to drink because everything's moving so fast. And then there are cameras and you might say something and you're in your head knowing you've said or done something that's bad, but nobody, nobody stops, stops, steps down. So it's like when you see those flat flashes fast flashes in Tokyo or something. Bethany, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? 
And then you also, you don't know what's going to be manufactured in the kitchen and served. <laughs> Bethany, I need you to get the number of whoever Raquel's working with in Tucson and really consider decompressing. Like, honestly, like, girl, but these are all, yeah, man. Yes. Yes. If you're on a reality show, it's got to be wild because you got to think, what did I say? Right. I'm on a podcast every day and I forget half the things that I say. And then I'm like, wait, somebody will send me like, oh my God, when you said this and it doesn't even sound like me, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I, I had that experience. It's wild. It's a wild experience. I, I, and this isn't even uh, successful in the terms of like a reality show is. So yeah, it's got to be a trippy experience. Oh my God. Here's a thought. Don't do it. <laughs> here's a thought. Don't be in it. <laughs> Don't go back to it. Ra Rachel, Rachel knows. Don't go back to Vanderpump Rules. That's a thought. And listen, it is, it's different, right? And there will be papers written about this someday and Bethany will take credit for them is about the psychological effects, the long-term psychological effects. And I talked to that about uh, with our Love is Blind guest tomorrow about these long-term effects that we really don't even know because it's weird, but it's also weird to be on TV in the first place. It's also weird for a bunch of people to watch one person and then to like share some of your life. That's also weird. But if we're talking about weird concepts, we already knew this decades ago. It's weird. I remember watching the first season of The Real World and going, amazing, this is weird. <laughs> the cast was like, yeah, this is weird. It's weird. Moving on. It's weird. But also some people get so tripped up in fame and like the, the, the pursuit of that and stop saying that it's not a pursuit of fame because it is. Any pursuit of acceptance on a massive scale is, is, is somebody out for fame. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean like, oh my God, that's a horrible person that I'm saying that they're out for fame. No, it's a very normal. We all, like I said, we all want to be beautiful. We all want to be special, but stop this shit. It is so obvious of like, yeah, we get it. It's weird. I'm sure when you're crying, yelling at Countess Luann saying that life is not a cabaret, that's fucking weird. I'm sure if I was there that night enjoying dinner with family and friends and I'm listening to you scream at Luann, that would be a weird experience for me to even watch in that moment. It's all weird. And yes, we get it. There's a, there's a thing when a camera comes on, you want to perform, right? You want to really get in there. Um, uh, sorry. I'm still getting friends texting me insider information. One sec, you guys. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading. <laughs> I'm just reading this last part of the text that somebody said, not everything was a lie. It's true. She has no friends in LA. <laughs> Sorry. But this is the deal, right? We're going to talk about this because when this is put out, this is what we do. We talk about it. Um, so Bethany is just going off. Everyone is coming at you quickly, uh, blah, 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 manufactured, but it's a manufactured scenario because you wouldn't necessarily be associated with all these people having these conversations and it's a circular reference. Yes, Bethany, you are very smart. So really I understand. I mean, and your show is way crazier, way younger, way more alcohol. So I get it. So how does it feel to be able to just tell your story, your own voice? And Raquel's like, really? You've, you've talked most of this time so far, so I'm not sure yet. She's like, no. Oh, my gosh. It feels like I have this opportunity to share how much I've grown and how hard I've been trying to be a better person. <laughs> that person that I saw watching back on my TV was someone who's completely out of character from who I truly am. I, Guys, 
this is the part that also confuses me because the person that they showed on the TV was the person that I've met in person many times. Remember, she didn't outwardly act bad on this show except for a couple of moments and a couple of like awkward like, oh, I wouldn't trust me around your man then to Lala. You know, like, what did she like? I would never, looking back, I would never use a galaxy light. No, come on. What are we, what, what is, but anyways, she's like, that's not true to who I am. Um, okay. And then Bethany's like, so you were born Rachel. And then at some point you didn't legally, but you just wanted to be called Raquel. And now you're going back to Rachel. What's the big problem with that? What is it? And, uh, she's like, because I see so many people that have stage names or you, or you lived in LA or on a TV show. Maybe you wanted to have a different identity. What's the big problem? What's the truth about that? And then Raquel's like, so I changed my name to Raquel in first grade. There's a few other Rachels in my class and I wanted to be special. Right. That line right there is the thesis for Rachel Levis. I wanted to be special, right? That should be the name of Rachel's forthcoming autobiography. I wanted to be special, right? That's it. That's it. Game's over. I wanted to be special, right? That's it. That's what I've been telling you. She says, I also feel like deep down that I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I wanted to be somebody better in my eyes. So Raquel was a way for me to kind of be that person. It's kind of like Bruce Wayne does with Batman, you guys. Because Bruce Wayne, he's just like a normal, stupid billionaire. He's Elon Musk. But if he puts on that bat thing and then he calls himself Batman, that's fucking awesome. So she must have been like, I'm Raquel. She put on like the Raquel like makeup. I'm Raquel. Which, by the way, I saw to Raquel's compliment, to, sorry, to Rachel's um, compliment, I saw the picture with her and Bethany. Um, Bethany, you should have tried a little harder. This Raquel looked really good. Rachel looked really good in the picture, but it also always blows my mind because I was looking at those paparazzi photos of her shopping at like a Whole Foods in Tucson. And she, like the makeup really does wonders for her. Like, I'm not even trying to be mean. Like, it just like, it looks like a whole different person. And I know you're like, oh, idiot, that's what makeup does. But like, I'm talking a whole different person. I'm talking like a whole different person. It's truly mind boggling to me. Drop your makeup routine, Rachel, please. Um, so yeah, she says she wanted to be special. I also feel like deep down, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I wanted to be somebody better in my eyes. So Raquel was a way for me to kind of be that person. The name has stuck ever since. My friends always call me Raquel and my family calls me Rachel. So I respond to both. Talented. Uh, she says, during therapy, we were doing some inner child work where you typically write with your left hand. And my therapist asked me to write my name on the whiteboard. And I wrote Rachel. And she was like, interesting. I see you as Rachel to your core. Let me try to write with my left hand. Ryan. Oh, that's hard, man. Oh, my God. I tr I tried to write Ryan with my left hand and I wrote Raquel. What is going on? No, that's wild. That is completely wild. And also potentially a waste of good therapy. <laughs> I want to do inner child work where you typically, so anyway, she's, she's doing these fun exercises in therapy and the therapist is like, I see you as Rachel, which by the way, I would argue potentially Raquel, are you just taking somebody else's word again instead of your own? And then the therapist says, you're going to be Ra Raquel, which is okay. But if it's not true who you are, it's a wall that you have a persona. It's, I mean, maybe I feel like most of my life I've been afraid. I've had, I've struggled with social anxiety. I've struggled with judgment from other people. So having a fear of vulnerability makes sense. So I'm really just trying to come back to my roots and I'm introducing myself as Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. Welcome to Peter Piper. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel. Welcome to Little Caesars. May I take your order? Um, listen, guys, this is great. I mean, this part, I like, I mean, this part I get, but it's, it is very, and this is the part we should all relate to because yeah, this is just, you're a normal person living on this planet. 
that you've been afraid, you struggle with social anxiety and you struggle with judgment from other people. So having a fear of vulnerability makes it, this is, this is, this is, we're humans, you know, she's just, she's just, she's just a person and she's just, you know, anyways, but congrats for, you know, taking, taking the Rachel name back. Um, Bethany's like, well, actually first, are you close with your family? Have you always been close with your family? And she's like, yeah, I have. I'm very close with my family. My parents are still married. <laughs> what a ride they're going on right now. We have a really tight knit family, not tight enough. Uh, you know, my mom is a little bit, she's a mama's bear. <laughs> she, she, but by the way, do we ever, we don't even talk about the dog yet what, what about hippie. She's very torn up about this situation. And also, uh, the dog bite from Graham. She's also very torn up about the situation. And she says that she relates to you a lot. Whatever you're saying online, she's like, yeah, Bethany gets it, you know? Okay, there it is. There's another universal truth, right? So Raquel got to Bethany through Mama Bear, through Mama Levis. What a fucking dolt. Oh my God, girl. This is what I said the other day when I knew this was happening. I said, this girl can't win. Poor Rachel cannot win for losing. Just one bad decision after the next bad decision. I mean, just, I I don't know. I'm sorry if you guys feel differently. I'm not sorry. Feel however you want to feel. But it is just, it just to me is, this is not going to go the necessarily the way she wants to go unless you are just looking for that handout, that paycheck. And then potentially maybe you, uh, it's very, we'll see. Because this is leading up to something. We just haven't gotten there yet. And we probably won't get there until Friday in the Friday's episode. Um. So it's a, yeah, it's really hard for my mom. And I feel that pain for her because I put our family in this situation. It's a very hard dynamic to navigate, but she's been so supportive. And both my parents have been, they were able to make this treatment happen for me. And I'm so blessed that I had this opportunity to go and to extend my 90. Now this treatment happening for you, I wonder if they made this treatment happen and they are planning on billing Bravo for this. Didn't we say the treatment was over like $200,000 or something just wild like that? which I think there is a world, but I do am curious if they did this with the long-term goal of potentially suing Bravo or that production company evolution down the line. Uh, she says she's so blessed that she had the opportunity to go and to extend into 90 days. Uh, so it was nine, okay. 90 to three months. Wow. Because I knew I wasn't ready to leave yet. I knew I had more work to do. And I just, now she can, she can write fluently with her left hand. You guys, I knew I had more work to do. And I just felt so lucky, lucky that I was able to learn about myself at such a young age. She's 28 years old and retrospect. Yeah, that's great. I mean, really, honestly, if I could do a three month intensive therapy for free, do you know how quick I would be running to that thing? That's an opportunity that most people will never get in this world. So once again, what a great opportunity that Rachel has been given by life. Um, so, uh, you know, Bethany's like, uh, it's so, it's so true. You could be my daughter. I've thought about that many times and watching the reunion, which we, we, we were getting, we're not getting into yet. And I thought about it. I would, I would probably be in jail for murder if, 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 if I were your mom, which, you know, Raquel's mom's like, Oh my God, I have a boner for Bethany. Like I was wondering if you were feeling guilty for quote unquote, putting them through this. And she's like, absolutely. Yeah. Because that probably took a toll on, um, your, you know, my family and, She's Raquel says, my childhood friends are the only people that I can talk to and trust. That is true because all of your Los Angeles friends do not like you anymore that feel still betrayed by you. But that's awesome that you have childhood friends. I would uh, be curious where they were and what they thought of your last couple of years journey. If they 
uh, disassociated with you, if they felt like you changed, I would have tons of questions for Raquel's childhood friends, but I think that's great. Go back and reconnect. Unfortunately, there have been so many betrayals of friendship to who I trusted and disclosed confidential information to thinking that they would hold that value of keeping it in the vaults. And then they turned around and disclosed those things to the press. And it's been really difficult to accept that I don't have friends in LA anymore. And she goes, has anyone defended you? And she's like, there's a few people that have, but most of the people that weren't posting negative things online were getting harassed. You post something. Oh, and one of my friends reached out and said, I'm so sorry. I have to unfollow you because I'm getting such hate for even following you. Um, Bethany's like, okay, great, great. Let me read your Instagram apology. You said, I want to apologize for my actions and my choices foremost to Ariana and to my friends and the fans who have invested uh, in in our relationships. There's no excuse. I'm not a victim. I must own my actions and I deeply regret hurting Ariana. In this time, since this came to light, I'm reflecting on my choices, speaking to a counselor and I'm learning things about myself, such as my pattern. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. You said that you sought validation through intimate connections and you've been begun counseling and kind of what you said before. So was this whole apology, this whole apology is accurate now coming out of treatment as it was then? Did you feel like you had to say this because you just had to say something? And is this a full authentic apology based on where you are now? She's like, yes, I stand by that. Yes, I stand by that apology. It's full circle in a way. Talking about we need the Rachel Eras tour talking about that need to be validated and then wanting to be loved. Then it took me a while to accept that, but I learned about love addiction and it's a real thing. It is. It's where you confuse intensity for intimacy, the pheromones and the oxytocin and all those things that are called oxytocin. Yes. All those things that are called oxytocin. Um, those chemical changes in the brain are the same chemical changes that happen when you take drugs. So it's addictive. What if you're doing both at the same time? So it's addictive and explains why I couldn't stop seeing this person, but also doesn't excuse the fact that it happened. But now I know better. And also it went okay. So I remember planning a wedding on a reality television show. She's talking about with James. And um, I don't know that I would have done if I weren't on a reality television show. Everything's bigger. Like I said, the train is moving. The train has left the station and everybody's talking to you and there's so much messaging. So you're in this flurry and then Bethany's like, and we'll get into this, but it feels like the environment that you were in celebrates affairs and scandals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bethany. Bethany, it's not about Tom. Do you remember, girl? Michael Cohen took that shot. So it seems like you're in a world where that there's all kinds of, it's normal life, but they're there with producers and everybody, everybody that's good. This is a little murky in the transcription. An affair is great for TV. Yeah. And with the cast, it's also been normalized in a way. And so I'm looking up to my fellow cast members and seeing them as role models. Don't ever, why are, would you ever be looking at any of the Vanderpumpers as role models? I did that with, I mean, I know I did that with Tom. I looked at him as a role model. And like how to make a good reality TV show because I want to do my job well. Well, it's uncanny to see hate that ha this specific affair brought up in people when almost every single one of the cast members have been in an affair, Bethany says. And she's like, yeah, it just hit sideways somehow that you were in this perfect storm. And I'm not saying that you weren't responsible. I'm oh, sorry, this is still Bethany. And I'm not saying you weren't responsible and you're accepting, I think, at least partial responsibility, but there's a lot going on. So I want to just talk about the facility before we get into the show. So what happens? We could get into the reunion after, but you leave a, a reunion. And then what happens? You walk out of this reunion. And then I have since seen, how do you get into a facility and how does this all transpire? And Raquel goes, so I walked out of a reunion. There was a few days before I did my final interview, which was at that last five minutes. That's the where she says, uh, Tom didn't want me to say these things. 
She says, and you know, this was really difficult for me because I was committed to keeping these secrets, the secrets with Tom. And I felt like I had betrayed all of my friendships and relationships with everyone except for Tom. And by going behind his back, that would be the ultimate betrayal in my eyes from my perspective. God, don't you, I mean, listen, this is where I would find it interesting. And this is where Bethany, if she was an interviewer worth her salt, she would actually say, what did your therapist say about your relationship with Tom? And, you know, specifically, was he, uh, in fact, using you for certain ways? And potentially, were you a fulcrum to get him out of this relationship with Ariana that he said was just for convenience? Like, you know, you were a pawn in somebody else's game. Has that concept been brought up in your therapy sessions? Um, so anyways, uh, she said, I'm going to take this story to the grave when most people are assuming the worst anyways. Or am I going to own up to my actions and be honest and really take accountability? And in that moment, I wasn't even being fully honest. I wasn't even able to be fully honest because I was still keeping secrets from four people who specifically requested for me to keep it on the down low, especially going to visit his family and his friends out in St. Louis. So it really just showed me that honesty is one of my core values that I refuse to compromise any longer. Well, it's good that we've come to a point, point where it finally is one of your core values. I mean, that's great. You took a, you took a long break and now you are realizing it's already, it's always good to come back to honesty. I say that to myself as well. It's, it's, uh, I, I truly, <laughs> it's a, a core value. It took her the 90 days in therapy. It's a core value, but at least we're here now. So let's be dead on honest. And I feel like she still potentially isn't being dead core honest. And also at the end of the day too, and this isn't a bad thing is that, and I say this out of love is Rachel is a simple person. She's a simple person. I think she has a lot of the same fears and hopes that a lot of us do. But at the end of the day, she's a simple person that, that has got, hmm. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so uh, that's the, Bethany's like, okay, so that's the Rachel talking now because there was some dishonesty from your previous action. So this is sort of you saying that like the main tenant now going forward, like honesty will not be compromised. She's like, correct. And there are so many different reasons for why you were dishonest, Bethany says, but you're taking accountability. But there also were many ingredients that contributed to, okay, we're definitely going to talk about it. Okay. So what happened in the facility? Like what, how do you get into the, I like Bethany keeps going. Anyways, how did you get into this facility? Who brought you in? What was that decision? Who made it? And then it was a really scary decision to make because I knew I needed help, Raquel says, but I didn't know what to expect going in. I had the option to shave my head. No, I had the option to go straight into the treatment facility before. What if Raquel like thought she was going into treatment and she wound up in like Nixium or some like real intense cult? Um, I had the option to go straight into the treatment facility before the reunion, but I decided to commit to my work obligation and go back and film. And that's great though, because I remember working at the movie theater back in the day. And if I you had to commit to your time. And if you didn't, you had to get somebody to replace you. So, you know, Raquel would have had to get like, Hey Jax, can you fill in for me at the reunion? I can't make it. But she, she, she did her work obligation. Um, so anyway, she committed to this, but once I filmed the reunion and did the final interview, I took a flight to Phoenix and went straight to the treatment center. They took my phone. They searched my bags for anything they needed to confiscate. And I was kind of thrown into this place where there was a lot of new faces and I was, and I rocked them all. And I was already carrying so much shame that it was difficult for me to be like, hi, I'm Raquel. But as time went on, I was able to warm up and really share my story in authentic, honest way. By the way, this is, Bethany's going to do a reality show about this treatment facility. She's like, can I get in there and hear these stories? Um, and I was able to get grace and compassion from my fears. 
And a big part of my journey is learning to be compassionate with myself as well. So do you forget? She's like, so do you forgive yourself? And she's like, yeah, I do. Okay. So now we're on to the show, which I know, you know what, first of all, what made you talk to me? I mean, you could, everybody I would assume wants to talk to you. Haven't spoken in months. We don't know each other. And that takes some blind faith, some trust. So why me, Bethany? That's Bethany's another autobiography. Why me, Bethany? I love Bethany patting herself on the back. Of like, look how special. Why me? I want to remind people she's talking to Bethany Frankel. That's right. Bethany got her. Me, Bethany. Why me? Tell me how great I am right now. Was it your mom? But you also got to think I'm great, right? The end of the day is I'm great. Okay. Anyways, uh, Rachel is like, you are a force to be reckoned with, girl. And I just heard you were saying, I heard what you were saying on TikTok. God, my God, we should all be ashamed of ourselves. I heard what you were saying on TikTok and using my example and using my case as an example of exploitation and the way the network is running to the bank, like laughing. I was at Wells Fargo the other day and Mr. Bravo was laughing in the bank. He was like, oh, look at all these Rachel checks. I'll call her Rachel out of respect. So why me? running to the bank with the scandal and I haven't seen a single penny. So in that way, I feel like it's not fair. And I feel like a toddler saying it's not fair, but it really isn't. And I feel like I've been portrayed as the ultimate villain. My mistakes that I made on camera live on forever. And you mentioned something about the addiction of doing reality TV and the way they always dingle that, that in front of you. And like, you need to tell your side of the story. Otherwise it's going to be written for you. And that's terrifying. So I almost went back to the show. What happens is to give people inside baseball. And I have, Oh wait, this is Bethany. What happens is to give people inside baseball. And I have institutional knowledge of 15 years. What happens is somebody could have a great season and everybody loves them. And you're feeding off of that. That's the drug. That's the heroin. You've taken the drug. You've got the hit. And then all of a sudden something happens and the pendulum swings because I always say it's a zero sum game. Yeah. We've heard it, Bethany. So somebody's always winning. Somebody's always losing. Somebody's always killing. Somebody's always being killed. The people that end up in the middle get fired or friends. The people that are in the middle under the radar, you've got to be getting killed or killing somebody. So if you are winning, you're on top of the world and it seems great. And then all of a sudden you go to the bottom and then it's like an addict who hits rock bottom. And what do they want you to do? They want to take another hit and the producers are there. And this is a fact to tell you. You know why you should go back. Don't let them tell your story for you. You get to go back and you'll show them all next season. And that's how they get people who are miserable and on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication to go back. Not to mention many people ruin their reputations and this is the only people place that they will have them. I mean, Bethany truly can speak to the ruining her reputation. I would say, yeah, um, to this part of it. Um, you have 55, 60 year old women who couldn't really work anywhere else. Damn, much less have ruined their reputations. So this is a place that will take you back. And because if you do drugs or get drunk or have an affair, you get paid more, you're celebrated. So it's about this institution, the system that I've been talking, and I really do understand what you're saying. And it occurs to me that you're the villain. Ariana is the hero. Tom is another character who doesn't take the hit as much as you in the scandal of all, but you're right. The realm is making a lot of money. And now it took three of you in a recipe to create scandal as people who are partially produced. Let's just say it's real in a very unreal circumstance and also produced. So now you have one of these three characters. And thank you, Bethany, for jumping in for Rachel. So now you have one of the three characters that's not, that they can't even afford to pay for your treatment that you just went through, right? Because it's my understanding that you get paid in a year less than my interns get paid, which has now been proven to be, Rachel got $350,000. Do you think $350,000 is um, not a lot of money? Because if you do, can we have a separate conversation off of this? If I told you how much money I make in a year, 
I would, I would, I, I would fucking cheat with Tom Sandoval, right? Once he gets into his extra, I would cheat, right? If I could make $350,000, are you fucking out of your mind? Okay. Anyways, Bethany said all of this stuff and yeah, you, you know, you, you, yeah, that, that's not a secret. Yes. Yes. To all of that. That is these shows. I'm sorry. And like, they, they, they don't hide these facts. We talk about this on this podcast every week. This is how these shows operate. Now is the time for my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsor. And once again, we are sponsored by our friends over at Factor, which is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Now, if you listen to the show, I've talked about this before, but we are unfortunately nearing the end of summer. Things are going to get crazier. You got to take care of what you eat. You need things that are good, things that are healthy, and things that are easy to prepare so you're not running around. And then if you're not doing that, you're spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars ordering in crap that's not good for you. Factor is not like that. So with this busy fall season, you got to look for those wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. And that's where Factor comes in. It can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to save time, you're going to eat well, and you're going to stay on track with that healthy lifestyle. I've had this so many times now. I've had it a lot over at my parents and we all love it. And it is so, it's like, it is delicious. It is less than two minutes. Yeah, that sounds crazy, but it is not. Two minutes, delicious. It is filling. It is more filling than you would think it would be because believe me, I'm always like, I want I want quantity over quality and it is all of that. So uh, everybody's going to be busy with the summer ending and you want to skip that extra trip to the grocery store and all the chopping, prepping, the cleaning up, but you still want to get that flavor and the nutritional quality you need. So factors, fresh, never frozen meals are, like I said, ready in just two minutes and you can refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. Cause you can choose from 34 plus weekly flavored plaque flavor packed dietitian approved meals. Um, you can also level up with gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. You can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. And if you're too busy running around during the day to think about lunch, you can keep your energy up with lunch to go, which are effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls, salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go that do not require a microwave at all. Um, Looking for the calorie conscious options ahead of the busy season, you can try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Now, if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best, try protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Also, you can round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, their bacon and cheddar egg bites, their potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet, or for an easy wellness boost, try their refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. So with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions. They source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and they feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. 
So this August and moving onwards, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So here we go. Head to factormeals.com slash so bad five zero, so bad fifty, and use that code so bad fifty to get fifty percent off. That's code so bad fifty at factor meals. That's F A C T O R M E A L S dot com slash so bad fifty to get fifty percent off. And now back for the remaining portion of our show. Good guy, bad guy, next season, bad guy, good guy. Your your um, opinions as a viewer are always changing. It's pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling. And this information is widely available. But yeah, the quest for fame is fucked. You really, you took, oh, you the cat's out of the bag, Bethany. You're telling me the quest for fame makes you do weird things? Yes. Yes. I mean, but it's it's such a weird thing because it's like, okay, well, why does action stars just do action movies when they want to be real actors and do dramatic roles? Because that's what they're getting paid money to do. Like, it's so infuriating because it's like you're making this, you, you know, you're breaking. It's stuff that we all know. And these reality stars, this is not hidden from them. But you're now... It's like at the root of this, you're going to have to just put everybody into therapy and, you know, people are still going to want to do these shows. They know full well, but they don't want to, I mean, like, yes, but in the reality, you're going to have to deal with these people one-on-one. It's not, the institution itself, the shows are never going to change. And I'm not talking about the money aspect of the show. I'm talking about the show itself. But if you're chasing those hits, I mean, we could argue right now that Bethany is chasing that dopamine hit. She's just not on any show, but she's chasing that next high. She's chasing that next hit. Okay, I got it from Rachel. Why do I still feel bad tonight? Why do I still feel empty? Okay, well, at least tomorrow part two comes out. Okay, great. Riding that high. Oh, I still feel empty. Part three comes out on Friday. Okay, I'm feeling great again. I'm feeling great. Oh, I feel low again. I feel low again. I would argue that's the same fucking thing Bethany is caught up in. It's just that there is this weirdly altruistic flag she's like throwing around trying to be a hero that she is um, convincing herself that she is in the complete, she's in the right. It's, 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 but it is a zero sum game, but this is something that these people should know. Like we know is a zero sum game, but some of us would still do it. We are driven to do things that will always potentially destroy us. Okay. So Bethany is, I'm Bethany. Uh, She's explaining Ariana's the hero. Tom's the, Tom's also involved in this. Um, Rachel says, one of the things that the producers also told me is that you get paid based off your performance from the season prior. So that already set me up to perform. Well, Rachel says, so going into season 10, I was like, okay, this could be my season. I could really stand out and I'm single for the first time. Like I want to embrace that. I took direction. I, yeah, you don't even know how you're doing in the game because the producer is telling both people, the person killing and being killed that they're doing a great job. This is, this is what Bethany is saying that last line, but that is true. Like, remember the producers have to play both sides. It's even like how I talk about Andy Cohen of like, imagine having to be nice to all of these people, even the people that you don't like, because you're always having to be like, well, I need them back next season. So you're keeping them at an arm's distance, but also trying to be friendly to everybody. A producer's job is a very difficult thing to think because you genuinely do. I have talked to some of the producers on Vanderpump rules and I've given them plenty. Like they, they do care about these people. 
Like they care about all of them. They even care about shitty Tom Sandoval and Rachel. They genuinely care about them, which I'd always be like, I don't get it, but they do care about them. So that you have to also throw into the thing, but you're also throwing into this leg. Yeah, you've got to make sure that everybody is good enough to film. The conversations that you have to have to have everybody step up to the plate to get to the point where they even want to go on camera. This is not secrets. This is not like, this is not that inside baseball. These are how these shows get made. And it's not like a, like, I'll tell you, these love is blind guys. I mean, they told me some stuff that made my hair turn. Like their phones got taken away. They didn't have access to water except from like a sink in their hotel room. It was wild. That shit. Like I mean, these people, like, it's just different. It's different. But anyways, Rachel is setting up the thing that if she really performed well, season 10, she was really going in single, but also Rachel has not had that great of a storyline, even with the, uh, Richella and all that stuff. She's always been a boring side character of like, I don't know how to give a toast. What's wrong with me? So great. I thought this season would be like Raquel's season. And we did see her dating a lot. I'm sure she was like suggested, like, why don't you go on this date? Why don't you go on that date? And she was game for all of it. But secretly she was holding this key of cheating with Tom for seven months while they were filming the entire season. So there's this whole sub season on that wasn't being shared at all. So it was, I mean, like, this is true, you know, like, Oh, I was told if I perform well, but that didn't, you know, that didn't like, she didn't share the Tom shit, her performing. Well, that was not shared at all with production until after they got caught. So her performing well, she's literally talking about the dates that she went on camera for them. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you never know until what comes out of the oven. Yeah. I mean, so that's talking about the show. I really want to talk about that. Let's be really honest about the relationship. So I've made relationships on reality television. It's not a healthy place to nurture a relationship. Bethany says it's not a place to bring a relationship in, which is why many marriages have failed. And it's, I'm not saying it's because of reality TV, but it certainly hasn't helped. And then friendships, you see very unlikely friendships in the housewives. You see someone like Carol Radswell and Tinsley Mortimer, Mortimer, I would say Carol Radswell and Bethany Frankel, Bethany, and Tinsley Mortimer or Jill Zarin and Kelly Ben Simone. Very unlikely friendships because you need alliances. No shit, Sherlock. It started back with Survivor. No, I would actually say it started even further back than with the two with Real World. So you have these friendships. And by the way, Bethany is one of those people that I bet haven't seen Survivor. haven't seen the. She's like, I heard about it. I saw clips. So you have these friendships and they do seem and feel real and they kind of are real because you really are connecting. You're having fun and you're also having someone to talk to and this weird thing that no one else in the world and your childhood friends would never understand. So it's all you talk about. You're on a loop and you think the whole world. Yes, yes, this is what it is, guys. This is what reality shows. This is just like your job. You make friends with people that you don't think you'd make friends with. Cats out of the bag. You're sharing things that you normally wouldn't share with these people. I've done it at many jobs. Um, so it's all you talk about. You're on a loop, blah, blah, blah. And so I ask about this friendship, all of the friendships. Then I guess the friendship with Ariana, because being your best friend is coming into question and that, you know, the world thinks you slept with your best friend's boyfriend of 10 years. And she's like, yes, that is the narrative that is being written for me. It's more salacious that way. Ariana and I were not best friends. We were acquaintances who became friends through the show. No shit. You guys didn't know each other before the show. No shit. And by the way, you met DJ James Kennedy when he was on the show because you knew he was on the show. People have sent me your Facebook post when you announced that you had joined the cast of Vanderpump Rules. You literally put it as like started a new job at Vanderpump Rules. Um, she's okay. So we were acquaintances. We became friends through the show. She's always been somebody who's been very sweet to me. She would stand up for me and encourage me to pursue whatever I was. And I don't know. I don't know. And I was, I don't know if she's doing something. She encouraged me to pursue whatever I was doing. 
which was like trying to get that dick. Yeah. She would encourage me to pursue whatever I was pursuing. And that was all great, but we never had like a deep conversation that I would have with the best friend. And it's painful to think that I hurt her in this way because that wasn't my intention. I wasn't trying to be a malicious person. I just get wrapped up in this and I wasn't thinking clearly, but we were not best friends. Yeah. At that point, honesty was one of her core values. But we were not best friends. The Alliance is who I called these people my friends because I really did believe they were my friends. It feels real and it's kind of real in that environment. Yeah, so Sheena was one of my best friends. She offered her apartment for me to stay in while I was figuring out my next moves after breaking up with James. She kept this apartment in LA but wasn't living in it because she was living down in San Diego. Uh, but she started creating this narrative that she was a sister I never had and the mother like a mother to me. And then she gave me a place to live when nobody else would, you know, put me up anywhere. And then I didn't pay rent, which is not true. I did pay rent. Listen, Sheena will talk about this and the paying rent part, but I'm sorry. Like she did treat you like a sister, dude. I'm sorry if you weren't smart enough to like, look at that in the moment, but that's what she was telling and calling you in that moment. If you fucking disagreed with Sheena, like fucking man up and tell her that you're not my sister or my mother, but you sure let her mother you. Sheena was on this podcast the day before you went and filmed Watch What Happens Live with her on March 1st before all this shit broke. And she was talking about this fact. So sorry you didn't like it, but you sure played into it. You sure acted like you liked it. You sure let her defend you until kingdom come. And also you didn't wash your dirt her dirty sheets after you had sex on them, she said. And anyways, creating narratives. We all fucking create narratives in our life. We all create narratives. You're creating right now. Bethany's creating one that she's a very lost and desperate person. Anyway, she offered her apartment because I was figuring out my next step with James. She kept this apartment, blah, 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 um, which is not true. I did pay rent. And I also cat sat for her, her cat who was pumped with mercury for a treatment. She couldn't be near the cat because she was breastfeeding for her daughter. That's the real fucking story right here. What's up with this cat pump full of mercury? What is, are we doing cat experiments now? Like I heard this line and I was like, finally something new. We got a cat full of mercury. We're doing, what is this, Oppenheimer in a, an apartment building? What are we doing with this cat? This is like, also cat sitting. Have you cats sat before? Cats are so self-sufficient. Get the fuck out of here. Rachel coming in tanked on booze and whatever she's on and, and trying like, here, kitty, kitty, here's your slop. She fucking let Graham get a neck puncture wound. Are you fucking kidding me? I cat sat for her. Do you know, if I could be potentially cat sitting for 10 cats right now. It would take me two minutes today. <laughs> this is so bullshit. <laughs> and I also did her podcast. And she said the one podcast that I did with her talking about my breakup with James was the number one most listened to podcast, which is probably bullshit. And it's probably that was at the time. And also probably Sheena does. I mean, you all do that. I'm like, the podcast was great to anybody that was on your podcast. Oh, it's doing so well. It's doing so great. Uh, really? They like me? Like, I, yeah, I probably did good in the moment. She said it was the number one. By the way, finally, you will have a number one podcast, Rachel. This will go to number one. But short-term number ones do not have long-term number one success, if that makes sense. Anyway, she did her podcast, so everything should be gravy. She goes, so I know that it's just unfortunate that she's trying to create this narrative that I've taken advantage of her when I feel like I did contribute in a way that would <laughs> this poor cat. The cat's probably dead at this point. You're saying it was a quid pro quo, Bethany says. It was a mutually beneficial relationship within a television show, which is all murky anyways. And she's like, right. And then Bethany's like, so how are you, in, how, how, are you how are you to Ariana? And, you know, do you, what to do, what do you make of all that? Do you think she'll ever forgive you? Do you care about that? 
where are you with that? And she's like, I didn't expect her to, I don't expect her to forgive me. I think once trust is broken with somebody from personal experience, it's really hard to come back from that. And the fact that I was able to keep those secrets from her, I don't think I don't expect her to ever forgive me, but I know, you know, I am remorseful. I do recognize that I've caused her a lot of pain and there was a lot of secrecy deception because although I wasn't hanging out with Ariana off camera to begin with, I did start hanging out. Okay. This is bullshit. Okay. Let's get into this. Just a hair here. You guys, um, uh, let's see here. Sorry. I'm trying to, okay. Uh, this is somebody off record. You guys, um, says Bethany asked her if she ever hung out with Ariana camera without Tom. And she said, no, I personally was with the two of them, Ariana and Raquel without Tom in the month before Ariana found out all of this stuff. We have tons of people that have gone on record to me or off, you know what I'm saying, that have literally hung out with them away from Tom. In fact, I also have information that Raquel and Ariana shared in Uber by themselves. They had separate text exchanges by themselves. This part is so weird. Now, we can't speak to what's going on in Rachel's mind. Who could, except for Bethany? Um, but I would say that potentially she is confused about this and maybe how, I mean, because really, if she was cheating with Ariana's boyfriend, yeah, she didn't fucking respect Ariana. Ariana might have believed that Raquel did. And Ariana, Raquel painted herself as somebody that needed to be taken care of. And that's why I dare say people like Sheena and Ariana said they were like big sisters and mothers to her because she presented herself as somebody that needed help. When you present yourself as somebody that needs help, people do come in and try to help you. I mean, sometimes people are good in this world and they do try to present that, but they only present it because you are such a wounded little bird and they believe in you. So I do want to point that out as well. And also... Yeah, like there is something to be said for all of these people on reality shows. They do lean on each other even more. And especially this cast of Vanderpump Rules. That's why I think season 11, potentially, if they're honest about it, will be fascinating because they are trapped in this bubble. I mean, this is so many eyes and ears on them all of the sudden that it is wild. This, The relationships that are happening in there, even aside from Rachel, this is such a huge thing that if they treat this real, which I'm scared they're not going to, this could be truly fascinating because these are the people, the people that are still behind on this show, they need these three-month therapy sessions, not Rachel. Like, at this point, it's them. Um, and it's not because of production, but it's because of when you have something super successful. Think about anybody. Think about anybody that's gone through success, like major success. Think about Britney Spears. Think about Madonna. Think about Michael Jackson. Think about the people... Uh, you know, the, 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 it really warps. Like think about poor Justin Bieber out there. And I know poor Justin Bieber, but, but think about it. It like mentally has fucked with him forever that so many people liked him at such a young age. He still can't really process that concept. And that's why he looks to others like God and Jesus and things like that. Because it's like, yo, how am I even brought up in the same breath as people like God and people like, like it really is fucked with him. And that's like major, major success. But then take it like, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Anyways, um, so I just want to argue that point of not hanging out with Ariana off camera to begin with. That's not true. It's just not true. It is just not true. Uh, I did uh, I did start hanging out with her in a group setting because Tom would always invite me out. So it did seem like we were close friends from the outside looking in. But in those situations, I was hanging out with Tom more than I was hanging out with her. So uh, Bethany's like, so did you spend time? Did you ever spend time with Ariana off camera and away from the show? No, not just us together. No, never. No. Wow. That's something I mean. Bullshit. Sorry, Bethany. Rachel is not remembering correctly. Period. That's bullshit. 
Uh, and Bethany's like, yeah, you definitely would have seen your best friend. Yeah, off camera with a whole life. Like, I don't know, you, you know, go out to dinner with the two of you or shopping or lunch. No, yes, okay. Um, so how much do you think their relationship with, was real, Tom and Ariana, Bethany says. And she's like, I honestly, I don't know. I know I would not be involved in this affair secrecy type of situation if I thought there was longevity in the relationship between Tom and Ariana. The people closest to them could see that their relationship hasn't been what they portray on camera. And Tom always told me, like, they're a brand. They're an image. They work together. Okay. <sighs> Tom was trying to fuck you. And Tom was fucking you. And for whatever reason, Tom wanted to continue to fuck you. Go with me here. Rachel, if you're listening, go with me. What if Tom told you things so he could continue to get down on that? You know what I'm saying? He told you shit to keep it going. He told you that it was like, yes. And all, from all the outside thing, that was a believable thing, right? And also they were in a nine-year relationship. I've been in nine-year relationships. I've been in waves of relationships working, waves of relationships not working. Then it goes back to working. It takes all kinds of relationships. All I can speak from is what my experience or knowledge of it when I've been around Tom and Ariana. Like I said, I was weirdly pissed off one time when I did see them making out. And I was like, oh, gross. Like, they're all still into each other. I was like all jelly and stuff. I was like, that's, ah, uh, damn them. Like, I remember that. I remember being shocked. Because I would like think like, oh, it would be totally normal for them not to, like, they did give each other space, you know, like, and I thought that was another kind of cool thing that I was like, Oh, they get to go off and do their all weird projects, which I meant actually just meant Tom because of his band his weird band and his other things. But I was like, yeah, they encourage each other. They support each other. Um, but listen, only those two know. And I believe Tom has now been proven to be a full blown liar, but also let me postulate a theory too, that, Tom could have been feeling one way. And like we said, and we heard on Howie Mandel and the show and all that stuff, he was fucking scared shitless. So he tried to do everything he could to make Ariana potentially be the bad guy or pins and batteries or not taking her shirt off during sex blah, 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 to show how horrible she is in this relationship. Instead of just telling Ariana, you are horrible in this relationship. I don't want to be in this. He went off and did all of these things and had this affair, not just the one affair. But Tom will never truly be honest about that because that's his one of his core values is not honesty. So we're at like an impasse is that do we believe Rachel? Do we believe that maybe Rachel was just completely lied to by Tom? So this is Rachel's reality. Or do we believe that like she wanted to actually go along with this? Like also, if it was this wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we do this for brand relationships, wouldn't Rachel go to Ariana and go wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I get it. Thanks for staying in there. We're all having a good time, right? But it also goes up against some things that Rachel even said at the reunion of like, I asked Tom if we could be a thruple at one point. So you're saying the thruple thing was thrown out there so you could keep the brand deal. Like a little bit, a, little, a lot of this is murky and Bethany, um, girl, this is where I'm saying it would have been great if you had watched the show, right? It would have been amazing for some more specific and follow-up questions. But these are the interviews these people want to do with people that aren't really knowledgeable about the show. So they don't really get, they don't have to ask, like they don't get hard follow-ups. They don't get shit. So it's good. It's, it works out for everybody involved in this scenario. But I do have a lot of questions about these things. 
But yeah, they're a brand deal. Tom told her they work together to make brand deals, which, wow, what a, what a boon for Ariana that she doesn't need Tom Sandoval for brand deals anymore. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. They're business partners. Are they business partners literally or just you mean in the show because like a duo on the show, Bethany says. And Raquel's like, they're a duo on the show and they utilize that for success of their brand or image. Got it? And they, and then Bethany's like, and do they live together now still? Do they still live together? And she's like, they do still live together. Um, and then Bethany's like, I, I, explain that to me. And you don't know, but I don't understand. How does America know that? America, yes, America does know that. And people are confused as to why they're still living together. And Raquel goes, I actually gave Tom the key to my apartment while I was away at the Meadows. Oh, there's the the name of the place, the Meadows. And he had a free place to stay and chose to stay in the house with Ariana. See, that's the, that's the deal too. Like Tom was like, given multiple spaces, even though he told Howie Mandel, he didn't have any place to go. He was given spaces, but he, his fucking stupid, big bullshit ego kept him there to make Ariana on her toes. And I will say from like personal knowledge, that it, it was fucked up and it did and it was messed up and it was messed up to Ariana. But, um, you know, they both can afford a place or go to rent a place. Raquel says, I don't know. I know that a lot of money was wrapped up in the bar for Schwartz and Sandy. And I know that Ariana had been doing a lot of brand deals. Yeah. So the money is now coming in. I do believe you will get an announcement and you will see them leaving that house uh, as part of potentially the end of the season. Um, I don't know their situation, Raquel says, but I do know that it really isn't that surprising that they're living together in my eyes because it's been this way. They haven't been an authentic couple romantic, so it doesn't matter. No, I mean, how it is, they did sleep in the same bedroom. They don't anymore. They And they have like an intermediary when they leave and go to the house, you know. Um, so they're roommates and it doesn't matter. Now they're roommates, yes. It's not as deep as it's a break... It's always easy to Monday morning quarterback something that you're trying to explain things that you don't really have direct. I don't know. Uh, Bethany's like, so it takes three to tango and scandal. And how does it honestly feel seeing that she's doing all of these deals and is America's sweetheart and all these appear. Bethany, just say you hate her. Just say you hate Ariana. Just say it, say it. Uh, you don't watch the show. So just say it. And all these appearances and doing the talk show circuit and things like that. Part of me says good for you because it takes advantage of these opportunities, Rachel says, while they come your way. But it is hurtful to me to just think that my nature is very kind and forgiving and understanding of other people. Girl, you fucking dolt. So the concept of me being the ultimate reality TV villain just blows my mind. No, that's what I'm saying. She is an unwitting villain. That's why, that's why I don't think she was needed in season 11 because she's not a good villain. She's not. She's a dummy. She's a dummy. You can project anything onto her. She is not a good reality TV show villain, period, period. That's why she would not be good in season 11. Everybody wants her story. She's given it to Bethany. Here's the story. That's it. It wouldn't have been good. She wouldn't have been able to keep up in scenes. She would have, it would have been, it would have been more damaging to her and it would have been damaging for us. It would have made us more mean and more like, and we can put the focus on Tom now. But it would not have been good for any party involved. Trust me, this is the story. You're hearing it now. Cat's out of the bag. 
Um, and the way she spoke to me at the reunion, I feel like it was uncalled for. It was too far. Girl, that was light. Bethany's like, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think, and we're going to get into the reunion because that's where I really became invested in this as a concept <laughs> when I saw the ratings. <laughs> and I'm speechless about the reunion. But what I wanted to ask you, can we get a, a super cut of Bethany's reunion performances real quick? But I wanted to ask you was, is don't hate the player, hate the game. Like you don't blame all the warriors like yourself who are there to get ratings and to kill people. So now this is Bethany trying to steer it back to production and to cheat and to drink and to have an affairs, blah, blah, blah. Is that how you feel? I feel like I just got caught up in something that is way too big for me to handle. And I'm just trying to survive. So I don't know who people should hate. That's up to their discretion. But I didn't mean literally, I meant like, but I mean, I think like being knowledgeable on all the factors that play into reality TV is important because there's so much that is brushed under the rug and hidden from the viewers that it's easy to consume this narrative that it's being thrown at you. Yeah. So I want to talk about this tape, this FaceTime. I can't imagine that your parents, so she's now talking about the masturbation tape that Tom recorded while Raquel was in New York. Um, and she didn't know she was being recorded supposedly. So Raquel's like, I was in New York for watch what happens live. That was the one with Sheena. Sheena talked to us the day before on this podcast. You can go back and listen to that episode. It's fascinating to hear in retrospect. Um, she was doing a big press day and a live interview with Andy Cohen and she decided to be adventurous and look at the adult section on the TV. And that's amazing. By the way, that's, what's great is that Bravo's paying for her hotel room. She's ordered up a lot of like TV porn. And also Raquel in this day and age, fucking put it on your laptop, your iPad or your phone. You're fucking like billing your porn to Bravo. Good for you, girl. Get the, get some, get, yeah. All right. Like my God, girl. Andy Cohen's looking at the bills like Raquel. It says you big door busters three. What is this? Anyway, she said, I FaceTime with Tom a lot. So it turned into something more of an intimate FaceTime. I expected to have privacy in that moment. So that just happened. The entire day was a success in my eyes, a really good masturbation session. And I was celebrating with Sheena after watch what happens live. And I looked at my hairstylist. That's always a dangerous thing. Looking at your hairstylist, you're partying with your hairstylist. I was like, you know what? I'm ready for anything. Whatever happens. I feel like I just leveled up and I'm killing it and I can handle anything. God struck you down, girl. You got too ego driven, girl. You got struck down. I feel like I leveled up and I'm killing it. This is what I'm saying. The glee in which she did these things. She was really feeling herself, but you were feeling yourself with honesty, not being your core value, girl. You were feeling yourself holding this big secret. You masturbated on. And by the way, this is the thing is Bethany toots. You can't, you can't blame the masturbation video on Bravo. And I know that kills you. Tom Sandoval. He's the one that recorded it without her knowledge. That's tough. How are we going to get by? Are you going to get by that may, maybe was shared with other cast members? Is that where we're going? Okay. I just want to point out though, that's Tom. So let's remember Tom videotaped Raquel against her will. Anyways, uh, literally like five minutes later, she got a text from Ariana sending me two screen recordings, two screen recorded videos and a text said that you're dead to me. And that's how I knew that she was, uh, that, that was March 1st of 2023. So uh, but he's like, okay, so that's five months ago. And then also I found out that I've been recorded or she'd been recorded without her consent. So of course, all these emotions came flooding over me, um, like an orgasm. She called me and she was yelling at me and begged to know when it first started, begged to know. So she's saying that this is still the true narrative that Ariana called, begged to know how you were having an affair with her, um, partner for brand deals, according to Raquel. But Ariana, so Raquel must've been in shock. Like, oh my God, you care about him? Um, but Raquel's thinking that she was scared. She had that video. She was scared that it was going to be leaked. 
So, and Bethany's like, was it graphic? <laughs> Bethany's like, did we see your labias? Did we see, did we see it all? Could I see it? And uh, Raquel's like, it was not something I would ever want my grandma to see. Yeah, grandma, buttons. You put buttons into an early grave. What are you talking about? So I felt pressured at that moment. And one of the reasons was, one of the reasons why I went on for so long with this affair is because Tom and I couldn't come to a resolution on the timeline of it all. Because Tom didn't want Ariana to know how long it actually had been going on. This is great. Just like a business partner. Um, and it felt like it would hurt her more if she knew this happened during the summer. Uh, this was the summer of 2022. And Bethany's like, oh, this went on for seven months. This is when Bethany's like, oh shit, wait. Oh, so you're like, you're like a really bad person. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware. I should have watched the show and read about it. <laughs> oh, I would have known this. Ah, oh, fuck. Ah, oh, research. Oh. Bethany calling Howie Mandel. How do you do these interviews, Howie? I don't watch anything. Just talk to them. People are good at their core. Anyways, this is the part that cracks me up. I told Ariana that it had been happening for seven months and she flipped out. This is also while Tom was performing his hit new single in West Hollywood at Tom Tom. She literally says verbatim, my hit, Tom's hit new single. <laughs> Talk about somebody that has been trained with talking points. She says it with a straight, she didn't say it like me of like Tom's hit new single. She says Tom's hit new single. Like girl, do you know what those three words strung together mean? Hit new single. You could have just said new single. You could have. <laughs> this is where you lose me. You are a liar. Honesty is your core value, Raquel, please. Anyways, so now Bethany's trying to put into question of like, he didn't change his password. Like, what, you know, so Ariana just the phone fell out and she just grabbed it. That sounds fishy. So trying to put suspicion on that. Um. So Bethany's like, you believe that? Uh, she's like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. And uh, so the phone fell out of his pocket. She then picked up, put the password in, or did you have a face ID and then found a video that was on the front of his phone for her to see. So she's trying to cast out something like, how does she? Yes, a mutual friend picked it up. We know who that mutual friend is. Gave it to Ariana because Thomas is still performing. She had this gut instinct. She said to look through the phone. Yeah, women's intuition. And okay, and what else has seen? It seems that a lot of people have seen it, Raquel says. Despite my immediate cease and desist letter that went out, uh, she, some of Ariana's friends have described the video in great detail online. Now I'm kind of curious about the details. Like what are the great details? Like, did she say something? I'm like, Tom, show me that hit new single. Uh. Um, I don't know who else she sent it to. I wouldn't be surprised if she sent it to other people, but it's not legal. Right. And other people have said that to this day that have seen it. Yeah. Okay. So do you mind, by the way, this has not been shared or leaked or anything like that. I want to also, we, you know, there would have been many memes made, which I would have not made a meme myself because I do think that is something wrong to share something like this, just point blank period. Um, so do you mind if I ask how old you are? Bethany says, and she's like, I'm 28. Um, so how many relationships have you had before reality television? She's like, no, I had an unofficial boyfriend who was scared of commitment in college. And that was my first love. Um, and then I met James and I met James and I was 21. I was in this like DJ phase where I was like into the DJs and tried to get up on stage and whatever. And when I met him, he had this charming British accent. I'm DJ James Kennedy. You fat fuck. Yeah. Guys, die. And so I fell in love with James. We did long distance for two years and then we lived together for three years. But, um, Bethany's like, you've had your major significant relationships in your life, been on reality television. She's like, yeah. And Bethany's like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So we're, you believe to be in love with Tom. And she's like, I believe I was in love with Tom at the time. I now look back on it and see that I was not in love with him. I also don't believe that he truly was in love with me either. True. Okay. It was, 
you know, we had this connection that I felt seen and heard by him, which is what most women want, right? To be seen and heard. That is what people want. Um, that I haven't really had that connection with other people on the cast nor people in my real life. So it was like filming a tumultuous event. Uh, could you say Tom was potentially love bombing? I was needing another validation and somebody to hear what I was going through. And here comes along Tom who really gave me that time of day to share my side of the story, non-judgment zone. And that's exactly what I needed at this moment. And that is the end of, oh. okay. Damn. Okay, so uh, that is that is the that's the end of that. Let me see if uh, let me see if I have any. I have some other things. I thought this was uh, funny at times. I thought it wasn't that revealing. Um. Uh. God, it's so just bland. Uh, let's see here. Sorry, I put this in my Facebook group, the So Bad It's Facebook group, to try to get some of their thoughts about this. And let me read some of what they're saying, just to get other people's opinions. Uh, Rachel did her best in therapy to convince herself that she did nothing wrong. Listening to her describe the situation as pure delusion. Uh, yeah, you know, therapy talk, therapy is amazing, but sometimes you will get over-therapized, see Jonah Hill, but I'm all for people going to therapy, and I think it's such a great, it's so, so needed. Uh, Juliana says, why am I so pissed about this? Ultra annoyed by both of these people. That's the other thing, too, is I just got more annoyed as I listened, and I still think, to what avail, like, where Bethany, where are we really going with this? You know, where are we headed with all of this? That's, you know, hopefully we'll know by part three, but I, it seems like, it's just you're all over the map with your points. And I think we need to nail down on some things because right now, just even with this, I'm still not understanding how Bravo is to blame, except that they made money off of a situation that was based on her reality that she that came out on the show. Um, Michelle says, I texted this to a friend regarding Bethany this morning. I'd like to share it with everyone. Fame, social media uh, and are, are all drugs. And this proves it. She has enough money to live. However, instead, she is losing her shit over everything. This is Bethany about Bethany. Also, she should be happy. She was on Roni. She was a star. It only helped her reputation and business. She should mind her business. She is making fun of the people that self-destruct on reality television and then wants to put her hands out to help them. It makes no sense. These are adults and some are mentally unstable. That's why they're on TV with no visible talent other than being batshit crazy. And that includes Bethany. Um, uh, let's see here. If I had her money, you'd never see my face again regarding Bethany. Bethany is so opportunistic. Yeah, that's everything she accuses Bravo of being or things she's guilty of. Rachel is an idiot. She fucked her friend's boyfriend for months, maybe years, and is playing the victim. She should get her money back from whatever mental health facility that treated her. She takes no responsibility for the shit that she did. They both can go to hell. Um, uh, that Rachel... That Rachel is trying to rewrite history and make everything that happened seem less her fault. She seemingly healed, but with taking even less accountability. She referred to Tom and Ariana as being in a blatantly fake relationship, which seems unfair to Ariana. Just because Tom said it doesn't make it true. The fact that they literally bought a house together and Bethany slid in a comment in the beginning, implying it was less serious because Tom and Ariana weren't technically married and didn't have kids. Rachel picked Bethany because she was on her side, period. Yeah. Um, creepy and also don't care. Kate Legeka says, Susie says, I was expecting the worst and have to say for two people, I don't like it. 
it was a great podcast. See, it takes all people. I Susie thinks it was a great podcast. I don't, but great. Kudos for Bethany to have been reached out to do the biggest guest any podcaster would die for right now. I got to tell you, I disagree with this as well. I would not actually want Rachel on. Plus, Bethany did the podcast not being her usual obnoxious self. I don't listen to Bethany's podcast. I thought this was pretty on brand, but this is what I'm saying. It takes, there's all differing opinions, you know? Um, don't care for Rachel and still don't condone what she did, but there's a lot of pressure being part of a reality show. Agree. Think her mental state to assure her place this next season and her wanting to feel loved was a dangerous mix. Agree. If someone's mental state is not 100%, this is what can happen. Agree. Don't come after me with comments, but still don't like, but okay, great. Uh, so this, it worked for Susie. So great. Um, four months ago, I would have run down my grandma to get to my phone to listen to this podcast this morning. I haven't even listened to the IG content creator clips of the hellish pairing. Uh, I spent my incredibly valued time reading the daily mail, like a normal person. Um, Ashley says, wanted to hear your take. Uh, Camille says, I have so many thoughts, but if I were to put it on my professional hat as someone who makes a living from crisis management, this is a textbook example of a bad case. And that despite the fact that the handling has been quite sophisticated, Bethany's machine has been running for several months. And there is no doubt that Jill and her interview excluded as a piece of the puzzle worked their way into the narrative that B is in the process of creating a union and perhaps ultimately a direct competitor to Bravo. The problem is just that B is her own worst enemy. The irony that her TikTok post about the interviewers refer to a woman's voice is powerful. That's how this clip came out. She says a woman's voice is powerful and then cuts away from everything. Rachel and on to B's own points is glaringly obvious. And at the same time, she places her union eggs in one basket equals scandal, which with Rachel as its first official spokesperson is incoherent and immature. This is great. This is exactly, exactly. It's quite clear that Rachel hasn't become wiser, more empathetic or more worldly, which how can you in less than a year? Um, on the contrary, she comes across as a rich man's daughter who has had the luxury of a paid 90 days of peace, which she in her own narrative sees herself as a victim of, but also complains about not having made money from. Furthermore, she lays down a premise about the situation, stating that the affairs was good TV. It probably would have been, but we didn't see it. We collectively react to the lies, deceit, and illusion. Not only towards the case, but towards us as viewers. No one wants to feel talked down to, deceived, or made to look foolish. That's what happened to the viewers with Scandal, and that's what the reaction occurred. B, Bethany is what she blames Bravo to be, with the exception that the later latter is good and, for the most part, fun entertainment. Uh, nailed it. That nailed it. Damn, that was good. I loved that comment. Uh, Valerie says, Rachel is still missing the point. If she wants to monetize so badly, missed the mark on this one. She could have rebranded all her social media to Rachel or whatever and launched it to align with this interview and found some mental health sponsor to start making funds. Missed opportunity and only B seems to be gaining from this. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, I just got some bad news over text myself, you guys. It has nothing to do with Vanderpump related. So I got to get going. But I'm glad, by the way, I got to get going. We've done this for like 90 minutes, I'm sure already. I just wanted to point out one other thing. Um, yeah, Rachel scored over 350,000 for Vanderpump rules, according to this TMZ article that just got released. Because remember, um, you know, Bravo will have to go on some sort of defensive at some point um, about this to actually disprove, which is unfortunate because you don't want to have to really associate with this. So it'll be interesting to see uh, from their standpoint where we're going to go with this on their account, if they're going to have to answer for anything. And what necessarily are we answering for in part one? They're not really having to answer for a lot yet. Um, 
Yeah. Um, Raquel earned 350,000 for season 10 of the show. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And she probably would have made more for season 11. So, okay, you guys, that was breakdown of part one. I don't know if we'll be able to do this or maybe we'll put part two and part three as a separate podcast over the weekend, but I love you guys. Hope this uh, was, was good for you. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thank you to our sponsor, Hulu. Their new reality series, Vanderpump Villa, is an unfiltered portrait of what it is like to work in the glamorous French countryside while striving to impress Lisa Vanderpump. As guests arrive for their lavish vacation, the Vanderpump Villa staff are pushed to their limits, ready to cater to every whim, all the while dealing with rivalry, romance, and misadventures. Watch new episodes of Vanderpump Villa every Monday, now on Hulu. Betches.